Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to Drift. I've curated a few stories here for you that have been written about Christmas over the years, and I found one I hope you'll like by Louisa May Alcott. She, of course, brought us the long-favored and often-filmed classic, Little Women. And this one is Miss Alcott's take on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Just before we dive in, let us take a moment to breathe in. One big inhale. And exhale. Feeling the mattress, your chair, wherever you are, and sinking into it. And now again, inhale. And as you exhale, think these words. I am safe. I am loved. I am at peace. And if you're ready, here is A Christmas Dream and how it came to be. Let's drift. It was two days before they were to be given, and as her mother arranged a pile of gifts, a rather sullen-looking girl surveyed the scene and exclaimed, I'm so tired of Christmas. I wish there never would be another one. Mama, nearly dropped the silver horn she was filling with candies and said, Why, Effie, what a dreadful thing to say. You are as bad as old Scrooge, and I'm afraid something will happen to you as it did to him if you don't care for dear Christmas. Oh, yes? Who was Scrooge? What happened to him? asked Effie, showing a hint of interest in her otherwise listless face as she picked out the sourest lemon drop she could find. Nothing sweet suited her just then. He was one of Dickens' best people, and you can read the charming story some day. He hated Christmas until a strange dream showed him how dear and beautiful it was and made a better man of him. I shall read it, for I like dreams, and have plenty of interesting ones myself. But they don't keep me from being tired of Christmas, said Effie, poking idly among the candies for something worth eating. Mama eyed her anxiously and asked, Why are you tired of what should be the happiest time of all the year? Well, Mama, it's always the same and there isn't any more surprise about it. I always find heaps of goodies in my stocking, don't like some of them, and soon get tired of those I do like. We always have a great dinner, and I eat too much, and don't feel well the next day. Then there is a Christmas tree somewhere, with a doll on top, or a stupid old Santa Claus and children dancing and hollering over treats and toys that break, and shiny things that are useless. Really, Mama, I've had so many Christmases that are all the same that I don't think I can bear another one. And with a dramatic flop, Effie laid herself flat on the sofa 
as if the mere thought was too much for her. Her mother laughed at her despair, but was sorry to see her little girl so discontented when she had everything to make her happy and had known only ten Christmas days in her life. Suppose we don't give you any presents at all. How would that suit you? asked Mama. I should like one large and splendid one, and one dear little one, to remember some very nice person by, said Effie, who was a fanciful youth, full of odd ideas, for she was the last of three little girls, and very dear to all the family. Well, my darling, I will see what I can do to please you and not say a word until all is ready. If I could only get a new idea to start with. And Mama went on, tying up her pretty packages with a thoughtful face, while Effie strolled to the window to watch the rain that kept her inside and made her so depressed. Seems to me poor children have better times than rich ones. I can't go out. And there's a girl about my age, splashing along, without any maid to fuss about boots and coats and umbrellas and colds. I wish I was a beggar girl. Would you like to be hungry, cold, and ragged? To beg all day and sleep on the sidewalk at night? asked Mama, wondering what next. Cinderella did, and she had a nice time in the end. This girl out here has a basket of scraps on her arm and a big old shawl all around her, and she doesn't seem to care a bit, though the water runs out of the toes of her boots. She goes splashing along, laughing at the rain, and eating a cold potato as if it tasted nicer than the chicken and ice cream I had for dinner. Yes, I do think poor children are happier than rich ones. So do I sometimes. At the orphan asylum today, I saw two dozen merry little souls who have no parents, no home, and no hope of Christmas beyond a stick of candy or a cake. I wish you'd been there to see how happy they were, playing with the old toys some richer children had sent them. You may give them all of mine, Mama. I'm so tired of them. I never want to see them again, said Effie, turning from the window to the pretty dollhouse full of everything a child's heart could desire. I will, and let you begin again with something you will not tire of, if I can only find it. And Mama knit her brows, trying to discover some grand surprise for this child who did not care for Christmas. Nothing more was said then, and wandering off to the library, Effie found a Christmas carol, and curling herself up in the sofa corner, read the entire story before tea. Some of it she did not understand, but she laughed and cried over many parts of the charming story, and felt better without knowing why. All that evening, she thought of poor Tiny Tim, Mrs. Cratchit with the pudding, and the stout old gentleman who danced so happily 
that, as Dickens put it, his legs twinkled in the air. Soon bedtime arrived. Come now and warm your feet, said Effie's nurse, while I do your pretty hair and tell stories. I'll have a fairy tale tonight, a very interesting one, commanded Effie as she put on her blue silk robe and small fur-lined slippers to sit before the fire and have her long curls brushed. So Nursie told her best tales, and when at last the child lay down under her lace curtains, her head was full of a curious jumble of Christmas elves, poor children, snowstorms, sugar plums, and surprises. So it was to be expected that she dreamed all night, and this was the dream which she never quite forgot. She found herself sitting on a stone in the middle of a great field, all alone. The snow was falling fast. A bitter wind whistled by, and the night was coming on. She felt hungry, cold, and tired, and did not know where to go, nor what to do. I wanted to be a beggar girl, and now I am one, but I don't like it, and wish somebody would come and take care of me. I don't know who I am, and I think I must be lost, thought Effie, with the curious interest one takes in oneself in dreams. But the more she thought about it, the more bewildered she felt. Faster fell the snow, colder blew the wind, darker grew the night. And poor Effie made up her mind that she was quite forgotten and left to freeze alone. The tears were chilled on her cheeks, her feet felt like icicles, and her heart died within her, so hungry. Frightened and forlorn was she. Laying her head on her knees, she gave herself up for lost, and sat there with the great flakes fast turning her to a small white mound. When suddenly the sound of music reached her, and starting up, she looked and listened intently. In the distance, a light shone, and a voice was heard. Singing, she tried to run toward the welcome glimmer, but could not move and stood like a small statue of expectation while the light drew nearer and the sweet words of the song grew clearer. From our happy home, through the world we roam, one week in all the year, making winter spring. With the joy we bring, for Christmas tide is here. Now the eastern star shines from afar to light the poorest home. Hearts warmer grow, gifts freely flow, for Christmas tide is here. A child's voice sang, a child's hand carried the little candle, and in the circle of soft light it shed. Effie saw a pretty child coming to her through the night and snow. A rosy, smiling creature, wrapped in white fur, 
with a wreath of green and scarlet holly on its shining hair, the magic candle in one hand and the other outstretched as if to shower gifts and warmly press other hands. Effie did not speak as this bright vision came nearer, leaving no trace of footsteps in the snow, only lighting the way with its little candle and filling the air with the music of its song. Dear child, you are lost, and I have come to find you, said the stranger, taking Effie's cold hands in his with a smile like sunshine while every holly-berry glowed like a little fire. Do you know me? asked Effie, feeling no fear, but great gratitude at his coming. I know all children, and go to find them, for this is my holiday, and I gather them from all parts of the world to be merry with me once a year. Are you an angel? asked Effie looking for the wings. No, I am a Christmas spirit and live with my friends in a pleasant place, getting ready for our holiday when we are let out to roam about the world, helping make this a happy time for all who will let us in. Will you come and see how we work? I will go anywhere with you. Don't leave me again, cried Effie gratefully. First, I will make you comfortable. That is what we love to do. You are cold, and you shall be warm, hungry, and I will feed you, sorrowful, and I will make you happy. With a wave of his candle, all three miracles came true, for the snowflakes turned to a white fur cloak and hood on Effie's head and shoulders. A bowl of hot soup came sailing to her lips and vanished when she had eagerly drunk the last drop, and suddenly the dismal field changed to a new world so full of wonders that she forgot all her troubles immediately. Bells were ringing so merrily that it was hard to keep from dancing. Green garlands hung on the walls and every tree was a Christmas tree full of toys and blazing with candles that never went out. In one place, many little spirits sewed busily on warm clothes, turning out work faster than any sewing machine ever invented, and great piles were made ready to be sent to poor people. Other busy creatures packed money into purses and wrote checks, which they sent flying away on the wind, a lovely kind of snowstorm to fall into a world below, full of poverty. Older and more serious spirits were looking over piles of little books in which the records of the past year were kept, telling how different people had spent it and what sort of gifts they deserved. The rich had generous thoughts sent to them. The poor, gratitude and contentment. Children had more love and obedience to parents. And parents renewed patience, wisdom, and satisfaction for and in their children. 
no one was forgotten. Please tell me what wonderful place this is, asked Effie, as soon as she could collect her wits after her first look at all these astonishing things. This is the Christmas world, and here we work all year round. We never tire of getting ready for the big day. See, these are the saints just setting off, for some have far to go, and the children must not be disappointed. As he spoke, the spirit pointed to four gates, out of which four great sleighs were just driving, laden with toys, while a jolly old Santa Claus sat in the middle of each, putting on his mittens and tucking up his wraps for a long, cold drive. Why, I thought there was only one Santa Claus, even if he was a myth, cried Effie, astonished at the sight. Never give up your faith in the sweet old beliefs, even after you come to see that they are only the pleasant shadow of a lovely truth. Just then the sleighs went off with a great jingling of bells and pattering of reindeer hoops, while all the spirits gave a cheer that was heard in the lower world where people said, Hear the stars sing. I will never say there isn't any Santa Claus again. Show me more. The spirit smiled as he led the way to a little door, through which Effie peeped into a world of dolls. Dollhouses were filled with great excitement, with dolls of all sorts moving about like live people. Wax ladies sat in their parlors elegantly dressed. Dolls cooked in the kitchens. Nurses walked out with dollies. And the streets were full of tin soldiers marching, wooden horses prancing, wagons rumbling, and little men hurrying here and there. Shops were open, and tiny people were buying mutton, pounds of tea, pieces of clothing, and everything dolls use or wear or want. But then she saw that in some ways the dolls improved upon the manners and customs of human beings, and she watched eagerly to learn why they did these things. A fine Paris doll, driving in her carriage, took up a poor girl who was hobbling along with a basket of clean clothes and carried her to her journey's end as if it were the proper thing to do. Another interesting china lady took off her comfortable red cloak and put it around a poor wooden creature done up in a paper napkin and so badly painted that its face would have sent some babies into fits. Seems to me I once knew a rich girl who didn't give her things to poor girls. I wish I could remember who she was and tell her to be as kind as that china doll, said Effie, deeply touched at the way the pretty creature wrapped up the poor fright, and then ran off in her little gray gown to buy a shiny turkey stuck on a wooden platter for her invalid mother's dinner. We recall these things to people's minds by dreams. I think the girl you speak of won't forget this one. 
and the spirit smiled as if he enjoyed some joke which she did not see. A tiny bell rang as she looked, and away scampered the children into the green and red schoolhouse, with the roof that lifted up so one could see how nicely they sat at their desks with their tiny books or drew on the inch-square blackboards with crumbs of chalk. They know their lessons very well and are as still as mice. We make a great fuss at our school and get bad marks every day. I will tell the girls that they had better watch what they do, or their dolls will be better scholars than they are, said Effie, much impressed, as she peeked in and saw no rod in the hand of the little mistress, who looked up and shook her head at the intruder, as if begging her to go away before the order of the school was disturbed. Effie backed away at once, but could not resist one look in at the window of a fine mansion, where the family was at dinner. The children behaved so well at the table, and never grumbled a bit when their mamma said they could not have any more fruit. Now, show me something else, she said, as they came again to the small door that led out of Doll Land. You have seen how we prepare for Christmas. Let me show you where we love best to send our good and happy gifts, answered the spirit, giving her his hand again. But Effie, thinking of her own Christmases, said, I know, I've seen ever so many. No, you have never seen what I will show you. Come away and remember what you see tonight. Like a flash, that shimmering world vanished, and Effie found herself in a part of the city she had never seen before. It was far away from the happier places, where every store was brilliant with lights and full of pretty things, and every house wore a festive air, while people hurried to and fro with merry greetings. It was down among the dingy streets where the poor lived and where there was no preparing for Christmas. Hungry women looked in at the shabby shops, longing to buy meat and bread, but empty pockets kept them from doing so. Tipsy men drank up their wages in the bar rooms, and in many cold, dark chambers, little children huddled under the thin blankets trying to forget their misery in sleep. No nice dinners filled the air with savory smells. No bright trees dropped toys and bonbons into eager hands. No stockings hung in rows beside the chimney, ready to be filled. No joyful sounds of music, cheery voices, and dancing feet were heard. And there were no signs of Christmas anywhere. Don't they have any in this place? asked Effie, shivering as she held tight to the spirit's hand, following where he went. We come to bring it. Let me show you our best workers. And the spirit pointed to some sweet-faced men and women who snuck into the poorhouses, working such beautiful miracles that Effie could only stand and watch. Some slipped money into the empty pockets and sent the happy mothers to buy all the comforts they needed. 
Others led the drunken men out of bars and took them home to find safer pleasures there. Fires were kindled on cold hearths, tables spread as if by magic, and warm clothes wrapped round shivering arms and legs. Flowers suddenly bloomed in the rooms of the sick. Old people found themselves remembered. Sad hearts were consoled by a tender word, and wicked ones softened by the story of forgiveness. But the sweetest work was for the children, and Effie held her breath to watch these human fairies hang up and fill the tiny stockings that make a child's Christmas perfect, putting in things that once she would have thought humble, but which now seemed beautiful and precious because these poor babies had nothing. That is so beautiful. I wish I could provide Merry Christmases as these good people do and be loved and thanked as they are, said Effie as she watched the busy men and women do their work and steal away without thinking of any reward but their own satisfaction. You can if you want to. I have shown you the way. Try it and see how happy your own holiday will be from now on. As he spoke, the spirit seemed to put his arms about her and vanished with a kiss. Oh, stay and show me more, cried Effie, trying to hold him tight. Darling, tell me why you are smiling in your sleep, said a voice in her ear. And opening her eyes, there was Mama, bending over her and morning sunshine streaming into the room. Are they all gone? Did you hear the bells? Wasn't it splendid? She asked, rubbing her eyes and looking around for the pretty child who was so real and sweet. You have been dreaming so much, my dear, talking in your sleep, laughing and clapping your hands as if you were cheering someone. Tell me, what was so splendid? said Mama. Then, while she was being dressed, Effie told her her dream, and Nursie thought it was very wonderful. But Mama smiled to see how interesting it was that things the child had thought, read, heard, and seen through the day were mixed up in her sleep. The spirit said, I could work miracles if I tried, but I don't know how to begin, for I have no magic candle to make feasts appear and light up groves of Christmas trees, as he did, said Effie, her voice filled with sorrow. Yes, you have. We will do it. And clapping her hands, Mama began to dance all over the room, as if she had lost her mind. How? You must tell me how, Mama, cried Effie, dancing after her and ready to believe anything possible when she remembered the adventures of the past night. I've got it. The new idea. A splendid one. If I can only make it happen. Tell me, tell me, shrieked Effie. No, no. It is a grand surprise for Christmas Day, sung Mama, thrilled with her happy idea. Truly, this would be a new sort of Christmas.
All that morning, Effie trotted after Nursie in and out of shops, buying dozens of barking dogs, woolly lambs, and squeaking birds, tiny tea sets, cheerful picture books, mittens and hoods, dolls and candy. Parcel after parcel was sent home, but when Effie returned, she saw no trace of them, though she looked everywhere. As for Mama, she was quite invisible all day and came in at night so tired that she could only recline on the sofa to rest, smiling, as if some very pleasant thought made her happy in spite of her fatigue. Is the surprise going on all right? asked Effie nervously, for it seemed like it would be forever to wait till another evening came. Beautifully, better than I expected, said Mama, for several of my good friends are helping, or I couldn't have done it. I know you will like it, dear, and always remember this new way of making Christmas merry. Mama gave her a very tender kiss, and Effie went to bed. The next day was a strange one indeed, for when she woke there was no stocking to examine, no pile of gifts under her napkin, no one said Merry Christmas to her, and the lunch was just as usual. Mama vanished again, and Nursie kept wiping her eyes and saying, The dear things, it's the prettiest idea I ever heard of. No one but your blessed Ma could have done it. Please stop, Nursie, or I shall go crazy because I don't know the secret, cried Effie more than once, and she kept her eye on the clock, for at seven in the evening the surprise was to happen. The longed-for hour arrived at last, and the child was too excited to ask questions when Nurse put on her cloak and hood, led her to the carriage, and they drove away. I feel like the girls in the fairy tales who are led off to strange places and see fine things, said Effie, as they jingled through the merry streets. Ah, my dearie, it is like a fairy tale. Now just do as I tell you, and don't say one word, whatever you see. Nursie quivered with excitement as she patted a large box in her lap and nodded and laughed with twinkling eyes. They drove into a dark yard, and Effie was led through a back door to a little room where Nurse proceeded to take off not only her cloak and hood, but her dress and shoes as well. Effie stared but kept still until out of the box came a white coat and boots, a wreath of holly leaves and berries, and a candle with a frill of gold paper around it. A long, oh, escaped her, and when she was dressed and saw herself, she exclaimed, Why, Nursie, I look like the spirit in my dream. So you do. Now stay still while I cover your eyes and put you in your place. A handkerchief was wrapped around her head to block her eyes. You needn't be afraid, said Nursie. I will stand close by, and your mamma will be here. Nurse led Effie up some steps, 
and placed her on a high platform where leaves touched her head and the soft snap of lamps seemed to fill the air. Nurse clapped her hands and music began. The voices outside sounded nearer, and the parade was evidently coming up the stairs. Now, my precious, look and see how you and your dear mamma have made a merry Christmas for them that needed it. Off came the handkerchief, and for a minute Effie really did think she was asleep again, for she actually stood in a grove of Christmas trees, all bright and shining, just like in her vision. Twelve on a side, in two rows down the room, stood the little pines, each on a low table, and behind Effie, a taller one rose all the way to the roof, hung with wreaths of popcorn, apples, oranges, candy, and cakes of all sorts, from sugary hearts to gingerbread men. On the smaller trees, she saw many of her own discarded toys, and those Nursey bought, as well as heaps, that seemed to have rained down straight from that delightful Christmas country where she felt as if she was once again in her dream. How wonderful! Who is it for? What is that noise? Where is Mama? cried Effie, as she stood looking down the brilliant tiny street from her high place. Before Nurse could answer, the doors at the lower end flew open, and in marched twenty-four little blue-gowned orphan girls singing sweetly until amazement changed the song to cries of joy and wonder as the shining spectacle appeared. While they stood staring with round eyes at the wilderness of pretty things about them, Mama stepped up beside Effie and holding her hand tight to give her courage, told the story of the dream in a few simple words, ending this way. My little girl wanted to be a Christmas spirit, too, and make this a happy day for those who had not as many pleasures and comforts as she has. She loves surprises, and we planned this for you all. She will play the good fairy and give each of you something from this tree, after which everyone will find her own name on a small tree and can go to enjoy it in her own way. March by us, my dears, and let us fill your hands. Nobody told them to do it, but all the hands clapped heartily before a single child moved. Then one by one they came to look up wonderingly at the pretty giver of the feast as she leaned down to offer them great yellow oranges, red apples, bunches of grapes, bonbons, and cakes, till they were all gone, and a double row of smiling faces turned toward her as the children filed back to their places in the orderly way they had been taught. Then each was led to her own tree by the good ladies who had helped Mama with all their hearts and the happy commotion that arose would have satisfied even Santa Claus himself. Shrieks of joy, dances of delight, laughter and tears, for some tender things could not bear so much pleasure at once, and sobbed with mouths full of candy, and
and hands full of toys. How they ran to show one another the new treasures. They peeked and tasted, pulled and pinched, until the air was full of joyous noises, the floor covered with papers, and the trees left bare of all but candles. Is that truly an angel up there? asked one girl, fascinated by the white figure with the wreath on its shining hair, who in some mysterious way had been the cause of all this merry-making. I wish I dared to go and kiss her for this splendid party, said a child, leaning on her crutch as she stood near the steps, wondering how it felt to sit in a mother's lap, as Effie was doing, while she watched the happy scene before her. Effie heard her, and remembering Tiny Tim, ran down and put her arms about the pale child, kissing the wistful face, as she said sweetly, You may kiss me, but Mama deserves the thanks. She did it all. I only dreamed about it. Later on, the ladies found it hard to break up the happy celebration, but it was late for small people, and too much fun is not always a good idea. So the girls fell into line and marched before Effie and Mama again to say goodnight with such grateful little faces that the eyes of those who looked on at them misted with tears. Mama kissed every one, and many a hungry childish heart felt as if the touch of those tender lips was their best gift. Effie shook so many small hands that her own tingled, and when the girl with the crutch pressed a small doll into Effie's hand, whispering, You didn't have a single present, and we had lots. Keep this, it's the prettiest thing I got. Effie answered, Katie, I will. And she held it tight until the last smiling face was gone. That night, safe in her own bed, too tired and happy for anything but sleep, she said, Mama, it was a beautiful surprise, and I thank you so much. I don't know how you did it, but I like it best of all the Christmases I ever had and mean to make one every year. I had my splendid big present, and here is the dear little one to keep for love of poor Katie. So even that part of my wish came true. And Effie fell asleep with a happy smile on her lips, her one humble gift still in her hand, and a new love for Christmas in her heart that never changed through a long life spent in doing good. And on that note, that beautiful note of angels and songs, of gratitude, laughter, and tears, I will wish you a lovely sleep. So drift off and sweet sugar plum dreams. <laughs>